Amen. I want to pray for us tonight before we begin that God will give me um, the words to say that will really bring life. Everybody say life into every single person sitting here tonight. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you have gone before us to make a way. You, it's, the word says that God prepares a way where there is no way. And there may be people here tonight, Lord, that have a, a situation that looks like there is no way. And tonight, I pray that their eyes will be opened. Their eyes will be opened to truth, that God will make a way, that God already has gone before to prepare a way for them. Just like Jesus said, I go to prepare a way for you in heaven. You are always looking after us, always making a way for us, even when we cannot see it. We give you all the glory and all the praise tonight. Be magnified in this place. Let the words that we speak glorify and honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, um, I titled, entitled the message tonight, State of the House Address. This is not about your house address. This is an address, like the State of the Union. How many of you know there was a State of the Union? I think the State of the Union uh, message should be, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who builds it. How many of you know that would have been a short message? (laughs) We could have all prayed and said amen. The world and even this country right now, we see things that we have never seen before. And we know uh, just recently... I mentioned this the other day when I was sharing on a Sunday. I had a person say to me, well, you know, the devil, his power is increasing. I said, his power is not increasing. You know, uh, Brother Copeland calls it, he, he only knows the common things. He only knows what we talk about. God knows the uncommon things. And God's power is greater than Satan's power. And the devil cannot operate greater than our God. Amen. Everybody say amen. You may be sitting here tonight and say, well, you don't know my situation. I may not know your situation, but I know my God. And the word of God is true. The word always works. The word is working even in this place tonight. Even from the minute we stepped into the presence of God, his word began to work in your life tonight. And you will not leave here the way you came in Jesus name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good for us. (laughs) I always love being in the presence of God because I'm changed. And I'm changed more into his likeness. I want to talk to you tonight um, a little bit about the state of the house uh, in regard, you know, God's house, of course, is secure. How many of you know heaven is, heaven is not warbling up there and wondering what they're going to do to supply the needs. You know, Jesus didn't say to God, oh, my goodness, you know, what are we going to do? That's not happening. And uh, I was thinking of Malachi 3. You can put this scripture down. God said, I am the Lord and I change not. And God is a truth teller. He is not a liar. Uh, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus said, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, Paul said that about Jesus, but it's true. Everybody say true. So, you know, our state of the house address is always the same. It does not change based on the year that we're in, doesn't change uh, because of the economy, doesn't change because you lose your job. Nothing changes what heaven is and, and what God has said and what Jesus did at Calvary. Those things, like my husband said earlier, those things are already set and they'll never change. What happens is we have the ability to agree with it or not agree with it. And uh, the decision that we have as believers, God put from the very beginning, and everybody say this, it is choice. It's choice. And so whether the things of God really are working in our life or whether they're not actually becomes our choice as we make decisions in our life to do what God asks us to do. And uh, as I was looking at the scripture and thinking about what I would share tonight, um, 
over the years when we were pastoring, whenever we came to Lent, I was raised in the Methodist church. Um, we didn't really talk a lot about Lent, but it, it was talked about Lent, the season of preparation before the, the celebration of Easter. And uh, I know in the Catholic church, Lent is a time of prayer and fasting and really uh, looking at, at our life and seeing if there's areas where we need improvement. Um, so here, I would always teach on uh, those weeks before Easter covenant and what God did through the blood of Jesus and examine my own life. You know, it, it's not about somebody's tradition. It's about what God says to us by his spirit. And the Bible's clear that we need to take a look at our life, examine where we're at, and see if there aren't changes that we need to make. And, and walk in the things that God's called us to walk in. And uh, when I was a, a young Christian, I didn't have the knowledge of the word of God. So I, I knew God is the lawgiver. How, how many of you have known God is the lawgiver? You know, my grandma always said, God's going to get you girls for the way you treat your mother. And uh, so we were always looking out for him. We didn't know when he'd show up, but we knew how we treated our mother. <laughs> so we knew we could be suffering some consequences. So, you know, I wasn't looking to God uh, in the way that once I was saved and once I got a revelation of the word, you know, there's one thing to serve a God that you have trust and confidence in. And that's another thing to serve a God that you're afraid of. He's going to get you. How many of you know that's a big difference? And, uh, I, I just want to give you a few things tonight that will help you. Um, I don't know the state of your house, but I tell you, God wants your house to be secure, to be powerful uh, to, to be a house where the fire of God and the light of God is shining brightly because that's what Jesus died for. He died that we might live that way. And so I want us first tonight to look at Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, 19 through 23. Uh, probably uh, just a real revelation to me was uh, that when Christ died, my sins were forgiven, they were forgotten, and that I had an advocate with the Father that whenever I made a mistake, how many of you have ever made mistakes? That I had somewhere to run to, not away from. Isn't that good news? And so uh, as we're looking at our life tonight, the state of the house, the state of our house as a Christian, uh, this is what the Word of God says about Jesus and what he accomplished. Now, in Hebrews, if you want to read a, work, a, a book through the season between now and Easter, I would suggest you read the book of Hebrews. Because the book of Hebrews gives clarity to the difference between the old covenant that, that the children of Israel lived in and the new covenant that we now are a part of through the blood of Jesus Christ. It gives clarity. It'll, it'll bring understanding. And it'll put you in a position in covenant where you walk in the things that God has prepared for you. And it says, therefore, brethren, if you know Christ tonight, you are part of the brethren. Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, everybody say living, living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another to, in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another in so much more as you say, see the day approaching. I believe the day is approaching when the trumpet's going to sound and the sky is going to split and there he'll be. 
and then we'll be caught up in the air with him. I believe the day is approaching. I believe we have never been in a day where we need to be more aware of not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, not coming together as a family of God and beginning to encourage one another to live this life that God gave us. You know, uh, he did take us from darkness to light. He has moved us into a position in these last days, especially as things get darker. When it says the day approaching, it's talking about in the last days, it will get darker and darker. But what happens where the church is? It gets brighter and brighter to the full day. It gets lighter and lighter. That means the expression of Christ, who he is, his power, his love, his mercy, his grace is expressed. Every time somebody walks in these doors, they see the love of God. They see the glory of God. I got a a newsletter from Billy Brim just recently, and she was in an airport, and uh, she and her grandson were walking through the airport, and and somebody came up and said, it's like there's a light all around you. And she said, they didn't know me. They hadn't watched my, you know, my, my television show, or not television, it's on the internet. On Wednesday, she has a prayer thing. They didn't even have a clue who she was, but they saw the glory. Everybody say the glory. And, and that's this new and living way that we walk in. It's no longer us, it's Christ in us. And when we begin to let that glory, and we expect that glory to flow through our lives, it makes us different in the world. Uh, I taught a series not very long ago about as he is, so are we in the world. I believe we are going to see tremendous things just like that person that walked through there and saw that light on Billy Brim. There was a story Jerry Seville had where he was going through the mall. His wife was shopping. He was just looking. And some woman came up to him and said, uh, I've, been, I've been chasing you. Uh, everywhere you go, there's a light. And uh, the Lord told me to come here and find the person that had the light shining on him, and they would pray for me. Isn't that exciting? Oh, you guys ought to get excited. It's going to be good. Hallelujah. We live in a new and living way. You know, there is life, and then there's existing. I want to be over here where there's life, and life more abundantly. And I I just want to show you something very quickly. Uh, I taught covenant and and VBI. I love the, the Bible covenants because when you really understand what Jesus did, you are so free to be who God called you to be. And in Exodus, it talks about in chapter 19, the difference between your covenant and the, the covenant that the uh, children of Israel lived in basically is you can touch God and they could not. Say this, I can touch God and I praise God. And I want to talk to you tonight because God made something really real to me today and to talk to you about it, and that's touch. Everybody say touch. Uh, we live in a world where things are getting to where people are so busy. There's not time to touch. There's not time to touch people's lives. And uh, this is what it, this in the, in the 19th chapter of Exodus, uh, God calls the children of Israel to himself, but he begins to explain uh, that when they come to the mountain where he's going to manifest his presence, everybody say manifest. That means he's going to show himself for who he is. Uh, When they come there, the Lord said to Moses in verse, I think this is verse 10, Uh, Go to the people, consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. Let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. He's going to manifest himself. You shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Now, if you understand the seriousness of this, you'll appreciate 
what Jesus did for you. They could not touch him because sin could not touch glory and live. Now, the difference is we can touch Christ. Even though we are a sinful human person, we make, even when we sin, we can run to him and touch him because of Calvary, because of the blood, because he took care of sin. Now, that's very important because, see, they couldn't touch him. The Only the priest, only the priest uh, had any ability to, to go even into the presence of God. And he had to do a, a ritual sacrifice in order for himself to go in. Then he had to go back out and do another one for the people so that everybody could be forgiven once a year. Once a year for their sins. Thank God for Jesus. That's not the way it is. And I want to show you, go back to Hebrews chapter 12, and I want, to, I want to read from Hebrews chapter 12. It talks about the old way and the new way, and it has to do with touch. Everybody say touch. We have a, we have a new way, a new and living way, it said, and it talks about in chapter 12, and it's in verse, this Bible has such little numbers, 18. For you have not come to the mountain that may not be touched and that burned with fire and to the black and the darkness and the tempest and the sound of the trumpet. Boy, when God showed up, there was fire, there was smoke. I mean, it was, I mean, the people were afraid. They were afraid and they finally said to Moses in the old covenant, you go ahead and talk to him. Just tell us what he said. We're not interested. Because he was so, it, it was frightening. It, it, it was so awesome and it was scary and, and out of fear. They backed away. But God told him, don't let him touch me. He didn't say that because he didn't want to touch him. That's why he sent Jesus. Because he wants to touch. He wants to be able to touch our lives. He wants us to be able to touch him. So it says, you've not come to that mountain. Because it says, uh, for, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And then it goes on, it says, but you have come, everybody say, this is us, to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. Isn't that exciting? Now, I can get myself very excited when I preach. So you'll just have to bear with me. Because when you understand that this is nothing about our worthiness, it's about his worthiness that God looks at when he sees you and he says, I accept you just the way you are. Not because of what you're doing, not because of what you've done, but because of my son and what he did. And so when you begin to get a revelation of that, that means you can touch the hem of his garment. You can touch who he is. And uh, as I was looking at the New, new Covenant uh, scriptures of, of healing and the things that Jesus did, Jesus touched people. And, you know, he was an example of who God wants us to be in the earth. And uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says we're a new creature. That means we're not who we used to be. And so when we, when we look at our lives, we can't look at them like who we used to be. I mean 10 minutes ago. I don't mean 20 years ago. How many of you have made I made a mistake today. I mean, I have to, I have to ask God to forgive me when I make mistakes. But, but it opens the door for me to not only 
have God touch me and me touch God, but for me to touch others. And that when I touch others, the life of God that's in me goes into them. And, I, and it isn't even a word I speak. It's just because I showed up. Isn't that exciting? I'm really getting excited now. I hope you can get with me here really quick. Because I believe God's going to touch your life tonight. He's going to touch your life. He doesn't talk about himself and what he does. And he doesn't express himself for who he is if he's not going to do it. So get your expectancy up because he's about to touch your life. John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life. Didn't we say it's a new and living way? A new and living way. In Exodus 19, 3 through 6, I thought it was interesting, and I'd never seen this before, and I've, I've taught covenant for a long time. But in that, in that chapter 19, when he invites the people to come to the mountain, he, he talks about how he sees the people, how he sees his people. And he says, now, therefore, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. I had never seen that before. He was saying, you're going to be my people. You'll be a kingdom of priests. You know what the priest has the ability to do? I mean, the high priest, he was like the only person who could talk to God. And so when he says, you're going to be a kingdom of priests, that's, that's how he saw his children. But he still said, you can't touch this mountain. Not until I send Jesus. And then you can touch me all you want. Isn't that good? Now, some of you probably don't like to be touched, but God wants to touch you anyway. Hallelujah. Uh, and it goes on, a special treasure, my covenant, then you shall, shall be to me a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. He wanted them to know that he, how he saw them. And if you look at, 1 Peter 2, 9, if you could put that scripture up. And I know I'm putting up a lot of scriptures tonight, but I'm teaching. I'm teaching you covenant. I'm teaching you what it means to be a child of the living God. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Didn't he already say that? He said that to the children from the very beginning. I was here the other day, and I was, uh, it was early in the morning, and I was, I was here at the piano. And um, as I was in the beginning, I am now and ever shall be. That's all I heard. As I was in the beginning, I am now and ever shall be. And then there's a song he gave me before, and it says, Let the church bells ring. Let the church bells ring. Let the church bells ring. Let them ring. Let them ring. Let the church bells ring. God is in the Hallelujah. I just began to get so excited. And then he said it again. As I was in the beginning, I am now and ever shall be. Let the church bells ring. 
In other words, I'm still here, folks. Let the church bells ring. Let them ring in the house. Declaring, let the church bells ring. Jesus is in the house. Oh, I got so excited. I got so excited. Because God is saying, you know, the president talked all night about how we got to do all these things. But God said, hey, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. How many of you know the world needs to know that? And, I, I mean, when, when I heard that first time, let the church bells ring. You know, I, I could hear the bells ringing and, you know, they used to ring and declare, it's time, it's time, it's time for church. I, I just see that God is raising up a church that's going to be a church of priests. Now, we have it even better because it says in Revelations, we are not just priests, but kings. Everybody say kings. Now, this is important because the priest has spiritual authority, but the king has governmental authority. And, you know, I've told you my husband, you know, he's always speaking to the TV. Um, and there's nothing wrong with him, really. Jesus spoke to a fig tree, so he's okay. But what he's doing is he's, he's commanding with authority. Everybody say authority because he understands he's a king. Now turn to your neighbor and say, maybe you don't look like it. But you are a king and a priest. Now listen, this is important. It's a truth because of the new covenant. It says in Revelations chapter 1, um, I, I may have the wrong scripture up there. Let me find it. But it says that, that we are kings and priests. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And then he talks about the kingdom of priests. Can you go down a couple of scriptures there? It's one. Oh, there. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And then it goes on and it says, To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Turn your name and say, I am a king. And I am a priest. I have authority on all levels, in the earth and heavenly. That means that when we see things that are not right, we have authority to begin to speak to those things because of what the new covenant has made us to be. We can touch things in this earth with the power of God through our voice, through our words. That's why we have to speak what God says to speak when he says to speak it, because it changes things. And uh, I, was, I was thinking about um, Hebrews 4, where it says, Come boldly to the throne of grace, that you might receive mercy and grace in your time of need. That's so you can be touched. Uh, years ago, my husband, we were having a staff meeting, and, um, and we were going to bring everybody together. And I said to my husband, I just think it's important Because he said to me, do we really need to have one right now? And I said, well, I think it's important. I think the people need to be touched. Well, if you know my husband, he thinks he's really funny sometimes. So that night when we got everybody there, he goes, Pastor Pam said, I need to touch you. So I'm touching every one of you tonight. Just want you to know. You you were there, Corey. You were there, Allie. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, (laughs) but he touched them all. He did touch them. But God began to speak to me. You know, when that woman pressed through that crowd. This is very important. She was determined. She was looking for something. And I, and I don't think the church is looking like that woman was looking. Uh, you know, I, the state of the church, I'm not even going to talk about tonight. I'm just talking about the state of 
our house, your house, my house. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. What is the state of our house? What are we believing? What are we doing? And, uh, and so when that woman saw Jesus and, and, and she had an issue of blood that she had had a long time, she had one thing in her mind. If I can but touch the hem of his garment. Now, why could she touch him? The, the, the old covenant people couldn't touch him. Couldn't touch him. What was Jesus expressing? I have made a way. When you receive me, you will have a way to touch heaven and change earth. Now, that's exciting. But we don't always have a revelation of that. We don't always see ourselves in that position. When we see what God is doing, you know, and what he wants to do, there's a touching. You know, uh, he just spoke this to me today. And, and please understand, I am, I am on Facebook. I'm, you know, I, I do Twitter. <laughs> I, I don't say anything, but I, I stalk people. <laughs> That's what my son, Pastor John, calls it. But I haven't, I haven't said anything yet because sometimes when I push those buttons, it doesn't come out right. I have to tell you, don't tell anybody. You might have to take this off the tape, but it actually happened. <laughs> Christmas, we were at my daughter Lori's house. And, um, and I text my son, Matthew, who lives in Tulsa. And R and F are really close on the phone when you text. And I said, instead of, are you going over to his in-laws? I said, F you going over to your in-laws? <laughs> And he said back to me, F you too, mother. <laughs> well, John, Lori, even my grandchildren were laying on the floor laughing. I said, well, how long have you waited to say that to me, Buster? <laughs> Since then, I am very careful with my F's and R's. Uh, you know, texting is nice, but there's something about the voice. There's something about the voice. Don't let the enemy get you so busy that you stop using your voice. Because the sound that is in the earth comes from the voice. Comes from the instruments. Comes from the things God's put in the earth to send forth sound into things. And the sound and the touch. How many of you know when you get a text is not the same as talking to the person? When you talk to a person, it's like you've been touched. And, and what I see and what God has shown me about me, he said, you know, tools are in the earth for good. I mean, they, we can let you know what we're doing at church. We can communicate quickly. You know, those things are all good. But we don't ever want to let go of what God has given us, which brings forth power into somebody's life to bring change. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. 
I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.